Merry Christmas to everybody. This is the That'll Preach podcast show on the Four Oaks Midtown podcast. And uh, did you like that? That was, that was good. That I was thought you were going to say like it's our special Christmas edition. Spe- yeah, well, yeah, I guess it yeah, is. Sure, yeah. why not? Why not? I'm Brian. I'm joined by Paul. We're hosting this show. We talk about theology, culture, and all Christmas. kinds of great stuff. Christmas and Christmas. And uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying this season. Got that Christmas cheer in the air. And everyone's just so happy and joyful and all these things. We're actually recording this week before Christmas, so maybe <laughs> it's possible there could have been a nuclear like war that breaks out. Oh, geez. Uh, if that that's the case, it's still, I mean, it'll still be like Christmas. It's just, it'll be nuclear ash and not snow, but oh, it man. still feels the same. That, that was dark. That, that what was, is wrong with geez, me? Brian. What is wrong with me? It's so unlike you. I know. You're normally right. so cheery and positive and never Absolutely. sarcastic and cynical Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. I know. What's wrong with me? But anyway, in the spirit of Christmas, we have been doing a series on Christmas traditions, Christmas myths, prophecies about Christ. Mm-hmm. And today, we're just going to go right for the jugular. Yep. We're just going to talk about the straight up meaning of Christmas, why Christmas matters. Uh, but before we do that, we yeah. got to start with our hot take. I'm excited. This is my gift to all of you. <laughs> so you can thank me in advance. Actually, thank me afterwards, too. Just thank me for it, because this is going to be good. I think you should just buy a fake tree. I think just oh, interesting. Just skip, skip the whole go out to some <laughs> field, pick up a tree. It dies in you know whatever a month or I don't know how long it takes to live. And just why go through that trouble? Get a fake tree. You can build it every year. It's a one-time investment. It always looks great. It never dies. You know exactly how you set it up. You know where it fits in the room. It's great. There's one problem though. What storage. Nobody ever knows where to store their Christmas tree. It ends up like in some basement. If so, if you have a basement, then you're lucky. If yeah. not, it's just well, that's like what we did growing up. We we just it came in different parts and just all fit in this giant box. Yeah, I know. You stick it in the basement. One that is terribly painful. Like one that is just terribly painful. The needles they just like they they prick and they're annoying. Then you have to like handle it and put it back in and store it and just like all this but kind of stuff. Don't it's you have not... that same problem with an actual pine tree that you bring in? No, you bring it in the when it's done, you throw it out. But you still have the needles, the poking, the, you still but have to the, bring it in. The natural stuff is not as like pointy and sharp. Like the fake plastic just has an annoying feel to it. Like at least it's softer when it's natural. Then when it's done, you just throw it out. You don't have to worry about storage. It isn't smells this an nicer. Envir- isn't it more environmentally responsible to have a fake tree? Why? Because you're not killing all those trees. But we the only reason we have those trees is because we plant them all. If mm. people weren't buying so like them, a, they it's like plant a military them. industrial complex. I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah, you know, it's like you go to war so you can just for the to make weapons, so you can go to war to make weapons. So you if go you're to just war. saying, hey, we plant these trees because we use them for Christmas trees, yes. If that isn't actually what the military industrial complex is. Don't email me. I don't I, care. I don't, I don't think that's a Leave thing. Me alone. But okay. But, but I mean, uh, I get it. I you, get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I just think it's easier and why Why deal with it? I get it because you want to have memories and traditions. <laughs> you want to spend time with your family and form uh, family. meaningful. You and I don't have that's true. kids or whatever. So we can just be heartless, lazy do you, people. Do you actually put a tree up? Like here in Tallahassee? No, I don't. Okay. So yeah, I feel but like it's more of a family. Like if you've got kids. Actually, yeah. let me think about that. I... I don't think I did last year. I mean, I don't think my roommates did. I don't remember. I mean, I don't, I'm not against trees. I'm just saying, make it convenient for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, 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 why go and so? Growing up, your parents had a fake tree. Yeah, we had like a fake always. Tree. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you 
did you enjoy like oh yeah I love stuff putting it and, together like, lights and i'm just saying like you know it's just easier to manage yeah, i think yeah, it's, it's a fake it's a one-time you purchase it up, one-time if you've purchase, got the space for you it you know enough enough you know what space you need you know how to put all the ornaments on and now they actually have like you can spray like fake pine tree spray to make your plastic tree smell like a real tree oh we had For a people fake who like squirrel those. that lived inside of it <laughs> fake sap it was just it was wonderful <laughs> that's kind of disgusting <laughs> but uh look christmas so nostalgic it's just got so much with it and it's a great time to celebrate but we want to get down to the meaning of christmas and as christians christmas means something different to us than if you're not a christian and christmas is a it's a Christian holiday. I mean, it's yeah, celebrating yeah. the birth no of Christ. Yeah. So we want to take a dive into the meaning of Christmas. Why does Christmas matter? And we want to recapture that. Not so that we can be like, well, we, then we don't need to do the gingerbread houses and the trees and watch the, the Christmas movies. No, Just do all recenter. that stuff. Yeah. And, but have it built on an, a foundation that enriches all of it. Sure. And you go, oh man, like now I can enjoy it to another level, a, a greater degree when I see the what the the actual meaning of what christmas is about the meaning of what christmas means the meaning of <laughs> christmas meanings meaning absolutely and we've so, got five we've got five five reasons for the season reasons season. for the seasons season the first reason why christmas matters the meaning of christmas is that god intervened in human history mm-hmm Dave Wargo, if you're listening, you're not, but there's a lot of people <laughs> listening that may, might know Dave Wargo. I remember he loved Navigator's campus ministry for years at FSU. When, when I was a student there, he'd always do a Christmas party at his house, and he would read the Christmas story, and one of his lines was, God invaded human history, <laughs> right? And I love that idea. It's just God, it, we're making it an historical claim when we talk about Christmas. This is not just our common interest and this Jesus guy. We are making a historical claim. I mean, not that he ha- came on that right. date. It's we not talked, just a fairy tale. You can read tale. the last yeah, yeah. episode on the actual <clears throat> dating of, of the birth of Christ, but it's not a fairy tale. Right. God really did put on flesh and come into this world, right? And he came into this world, this world of tragedy, mm-hmm. of hardship, of suffering. If you read... Uh, the the Jesus's birth narratives. What happens? He grows up under the reign of Herod, who uh, sends out a call for all children under two to be yeah. massacred. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, sin going on around him. He has to escape. He's got to go to Egypt. He's got to go around. Uh, he grows into this world that is full of chaos, political chaos. Israel's still under subjugation underneath the Roman Empire. Yep. Yeah. And uh, there's no uh, Jewish king, so there's political instability, and there's different factions of Jewish people fighting against each other. And in, in the middle of all of this, and not to mention all the other crazy wars happening in the entire world, hmm. in the middle of all of this in Bethlehem, God enters into history. God steps onto the stage in a, in a form that he never had before. So when we talk about God entering into the world, it's not just God entered into the world, that's amazing, but but this world, this yeah. actual place that we live. With all the craziness and all the suffering. all the insanity. Yeah, yeah. Right? That is where he is in the incarnation, in, in God putting on flesh. Christmas marks that event. That's why it matters. He intervened into real human history. And if it was just a fairy tale, then it might be like inspiring in some capacity. But it's nothing, like, there's no reason we should like 
celebrate to the extent that we are. There's no like no actual joy and good tidings and peace on earth. Like none of that is actually true unless this story is historical, unless it's actually fact, right? The fairy tale doesn't like ground or get anything else off the ground besides just like, well, it's inspiring, you know, makes people want to get together and have, you know, some, some social family time, which right. is, you know, how a lot of people treat it. But if it's true that God actually entered into history, um, then that's serious and that should change how we like look at the world and look at our lives and look at history and all these kinds of things. So it is, it is a much bigger, like more is at stake, I think, than, um, than we sometimes like to think about. And that's a really helpful thing when you talk to people who aren't Christians about the meaning of Christmas. It's, you're saying, no, something happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something happened. Mm-hmm. So the second important meaning of Christmas is it, it shows us that God gifts and gives himself to the yeah, world. Yeah, That the great gift of Christmas is God himself, Jesus Christ. It's not just a message. Right. It's not just... Not just good feels, not yeah. just, you know peace among the earth. It's, it's those things for sure. Yeah. But ultimately God is giving himself to us to forever become a human. Right. Like we, we sometimes like don't think about this as much as we should, but in Christmas, in the incarnation, the son of God becomes human, lives a human life, dies a human life, is resurrected as a human, ascends as a human, right. and sits forever at the right hand of God as a human being. So the God-man forever exists with his scars, with the wounds of his earthly existence forever. So God has, for eternity forward, bound himself to humanity by becoming one of us. And that's just like, it is crazy to think about it, that God has done this like, you know, you think about like, are there other species? Are there other races of intelligence, whatever? Like there's something like God has done this thing to humanity and he's done it once and he's done it forever and he's done it permanently. And Christmas is this, like, that's the significance of Christmas. It's not just a message. It's not just another prophet with like, you know, other religions. God is just like speaking or giving things to people. Like Christianity says, God gives us himself. Like that is just the ultimate gift. This is uh, something that ties into the next important meaning of Christmas. It shows that God shows up for the weak and in the weak. Yeah. Right? God gives himself to the world, but he doesn't give himself as a king or a military leader, all these things. Mm. I mean, he does give himself as a king, but, yeah, yeah. but it's a king in a humble, in a yeah, humble, humble beginning, origins. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this podunk backwoods town called Bethlehem and to, to little acclaim, really. And yet this is where God reveals himself. Yeah. Right? I guess Bethlehem today would be like Wakulla or like Crawfordville. Ooh, shots or like, fired. Well, just mean like, like someone like, you know, not, not super special or in people's minds. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> look, that, 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 that to me is one of the most compelling things. Yeah. Where yeah. It, uh, it seems so quaint. You think about Silent Night and how it, it sets up this, uh, this image of just, you know, it's it's peaceful and unassuming in the middle of all of that, the most incredible event happens. Hmm. You know, God is born into this world, right? In Jesus Christ, which is a weird sentence to say. It is, there's it there's is. mystery to yeah. that, but, but God shows up as this infant boy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that is a logic that is countercultural, mm-hmm. you know, 
And uh, it's, it says something about what God values versus what the world values and, and what God sees as significant and what we see as significant. Yeah. And, uh, and yet this little baby boy changed the entire world. I mean, that's one reason why the Jewish leaders did, you know, initially rejected Jesus. Like, how could something good come out of Galilee? How can this person who came from this no-name place, has this no-name existence, like, how can, there's no power, there's no authority, there's no majesty, there's nothing like, Isaiah talked about, there's nothing that drew men to him. He was just a plain, normal guy from the middle of nowhere. And you think about like God's MO, the way he works in history, he picks Abraham. He picks this random person in this tribe in Mesopotamia to leave. And that man was going to birth Israel. And Israel's not the greatest nation in the world. It's this like ragtag bunch of tribes. And eventually they've got a king and some, they get conquered a bunch of times and they're just totally just like dispersed and conquered and exiled and worshiping idols and all this stuff. And eventually, like even through that, through the least of the tribes, even God comes as a baby in the middle of nowhere. So God's MO is always to work through the weakest of vessels to show his glory most profoundly. Right. And, and that, that's it. When you get that, yeah, Jesus makes sense. Absolutely. You know, but yeah. if you don't get that, he doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just the humility of God in Christ showing up in the weakest of places to shame the wise. Um, Another important meaning of Christmas is it's the culmination of the Old Testament. Mm. We talked about this a couple episodes yeah. back, but just briefly, <clears throat> remember, when you get to the New Testament, all the writers of the New Testament already viewed themselves as part of a bigger story. Right. This is, the New Testament is a continuation of the Old Testament, which is a, which is a narrative in search of an ending, mm-hmm. right? God is the author of human history, and he's bringing everything to a the fullness of time, to a culmination, as in Galatians 4 talks about, which is in Jesus Christ. So that means all these Old Testament prophecies are pointing towards a king, a prophet, a priest that's going to come, that's going to be uh, a savior. And we find on the Old Test- or in the New Testament that, that the culmination of that is not just a, a person that God sends. It's God yeah. Yeah, sent yeah. as a person, yeah. right? The, that's the this, difference. Yep. This is the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fulfillment of all of these promises. And that's why Luke 24 Emmaus Road, resurrected Christ with his disciples. He opens up the Old Testament and says, all of this points to me. Yeah. Their hearts burn. That's the revelation. Mm-hmm. The final piece is there. God has come in the flesh. The story of the Old Testament has found its climax. Mm. And uh, so that, that's important. And uh, finally, why Christmas is important is Christmas is about the world. Yeah. It's about the nations. Right? And specifically the inclusion of the Gentiles. Right. Right. That all along, God's plan was not just that Israel would be the chosen people as an end in and of itself, but God was using Israel as a vessel to which, through which he was going to bless the world. And we talked about this in um, the episode a couple episodes ago, podcast a couple episodes ago, but God's plan from the start was to include Gentiles and to include nations. And that means that diversity is an intrinsic good. Like heaven is going to, Revelation talks about how every nation, people, tongue, tribe, language is going to be represented. And God has from eternity been planning and cultivating and designing a kingdom that's going to exist in a good, perfect harmony and peace with all different kinds of people. And the Gentiles were part of God's plan from the start just to be included at a later date. And what's 
interesting is when you read Matthew 2, when you read Jesus, uh, he goes to Egypt with his family, or Joseph has to take his family to Egypt to escape Herod. Uh, Matthew actually quotes Hosea 11, out of Egypt I called my son, mm -hmm. which is interesting because in Hosea 11, God is talking about Israel. He yeah. calls Israel his son. I brought Israel out of Egypt in the Exodus. All right, Israel's my son. But now he's applying it to Jesus. Matthew's applying that Old Testament verse to Jesus. And you have to go all the way back to, like you were saying, you know, the, the purpose of Israel. You know, God creates Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve sin. God promises <clears throat> that someone from his line will undo the curse. So, so the curse has spread to the whole world. And right. through Israel, God is going to reverse that curse. The problem is Israel itself is infected with that curse. Yeah. Israel's sinful. So Israel can't actually be the final, uh, they, they can't actually be the, 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 the savior. They can't be the actual vessel that brings salvation because right. they themselves are infected by that same problem. Right. Yeah. So when Matthew quotes Hosea 11, Hosea 11 is about Israel, but Matthew uses it about Jesus. What he's saying is Jesus is Israel. He's the true Israel. He is everything that Israel was meant to be. Hmm. He is the one who redeems from the curse. And Israel was meant to dispel the curse from the nations, but instead they became like the nations. Jesus is different. As the true Israel, he goes to the nations, he goes to Gentiles, and he removes the curse from them. He heals them, right? Hmm. He brings light and redemption to the nations. And so Christ is fulfilling the mission of Israel. And the church is the body of Christ, so we're doing that. That's what the Great Commission is about. So the whole point is we're doing, we are, uh, as we go to the nations, fulfilling the mission that Christ came to do, which is a mission that has been all the way back since creation when God said, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world through Abraham. I'm going to undo the curse of the fall. That's continuing now. And I was just looking up uh, Joy to the World. Uh, Isaac Watts, he writes in, in this famous hymn, he says, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. I love that. That's joy great. to the world. Why? Yeah. It's joy to the world, not just to Israel. Mm. And why is the world rejoicing? Because the thorns and sins and sorrows of this life that are an effect of the fall, that affects everybody, all of that curse, he will replace those curses with his blessings as far as the curse is found. To all the nations, yeah. to the corners of the earth, God will redeem all things in Christ. So there's cosmic significance to the Christmas story. It's not just about individuals, it's about the world. It's so easy to get like, because you go through the sort of the motions every single year, like you kind of become a little bit deadened to the significance right. here, but rehearsing this stuff is really just, I mean, as, as you were like reading those lyrics from Joy to the World, I began thinking like, man, this stuff is like, it is, it is powerful. Like the Christmas story is profound. It has cosmic significance. It is, it's genuine, like reason for joy. Like the world has objective reasons to be joyful and hopeful and uh, there, there, it gives sort of like an optimistic outlook to life. Like God has come to set right that which is wrong and creation's not the way it's supposed to be, but God is restoring that through Christ. And it really does give like Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus gives reason for 
the world to rejoice. And <clears throat> it is it is just so helpful to to rethink about and rehearse all of these truths. And that's why we need to be immersed in scripture. Yeah, we need absolutely. to have scripture reading. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's a great thing for any family, you know, to remind us what is what's all about. Absolutely. You know, and to to center us on that. And I think, you know, we don't want to just be stuck on sort of a hallmark card, sort of superficial kind of idea of Christmas. Hmm. We want to get right down to the roots and enrich all of our lives and our faith by diving into its theological meaning and its historical meaning. Yeah, Remember, yeah. something happened 2,000 years ago in this little town called Bethlehem that changed the world. Yeah, changed history. Changed everything. Yep. In fact, uh, there's a great C.S. Lewis quote where he says, uh, let me find Look it. Look at you quoting C.S. Lewis. I know. <clears> I'm you usually the one quoting C.S. Lewis. Uh, he says, uh, once in our world, a stable had something in it that was bigger than our whole world. That's from The Last Battle. Carl Classic Bernardi. Lewis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, great stuff. Can't beat Lewis. But I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful, merry Christmas filled with joy, filled with laughter, feasting, all those good things. Embrace it, enjoy it all, soak it up. And uh, we're grateful for you guys listening. Leave a review, share this with a friend. We'll see you guys back next week.